It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Normally we're hanging in the town, but today we're in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life Park. Yes, it is A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Before the athletics, will start a four-game streak, a four-game uh, series against the Texas Rangers, the surprise Texas Rangers, no question, one of the biggest surprises in all of baseball. C.J. Nikowski is going to stop by, going to be here around 3.30 to talk about this series and really big for both teams when you start looking about what they're going to do before the trading deadline. What are you looking after this long road trip? Where are the A's? Yeah, as a lot of people say, there's two types of A's this year. There's one team that looks like a playoff team, and there's one team that doesn't look like a playoff team. And it's one of the reasons why they are 500. Can they start to separate themselves from 500? And you also, after this tough four-game set, we didn't think this set, if you would have looked at it on the schedule, that this was going to be a tough four-game set. But now it is because of the way the Rangers continue to play as they are red hot. They are 15-6 and six in their last 21. That's the third-best record in Major League Baseball. and They're scoring a ton of runs. So we'll be breaking that down and getting into so much more here on A's Cast Live with Chris Towns. Now, this is my first time here. So there's something I've been saying for a long time. And if you're old enough to remember how baseball was just insane with their divisions, the divisions were just so ludicrous. It was unbelievable. If you grew up with the National League West, you had teams like the Atlanta Braves, the Cincinnati Reds, the Houston Astros in a division called the West. Absolutely ridiculous. And as I pulled up today in an Uber and I see AT&T Stadium, one of those famous stadiums in football, because we have seen what? Super Bowl, we've seen national championship games, we've seen some big games that are already played in Jerry's new stadium. The Dallas Cowboys play in the NFC East. They do not play in anything called the West. And just think about last night leaving Anaheim like we did, arriving here at like 5.30 in the morning, getting into our hotel room at 6 a.m. and saying this is a divisional opponent. It's got to change. It really, And here's the thing for me when I talk about value of promoting your sport. Do you really think the people here in Arlington, Texas, Dallas, Texas, wherever they're coming from, Irving and all the different cities around, do you think they really care about the Oakland Athletics? Do they think they really see that as a division rival? And I think the same way for our fan base. Do you think when the Texas Rangers or the Houston Astros come to town that that sparks emotion? That sparks, I got to get out to the ballpark? That's why if you switch time zones, my rule has been if it's a two-hour or more flight, you should not be in the same, you should not be in the same division. And this just really, for the first time, me being at this ballpark really absolutely proves it to me. You cannot tell me, and, and you know what, I'm tired of the traditionalists. The tradi- traditionalists, they're, they're, ready, they're ready to hurt the game over their old school values. I know for a fact, when the LA Dodgers come to town, to Oakland, The stadium's packed. When the San Francisco Giants come across the bay, the stadium's packed. 
You as A's fans, that excites you. That makes you want to get out your wallet and spend money and come to the ballpark. Because why? It's 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 regional. It's the we're Northern California, they're Southern California. And over time, if you did have a division where you had the A's, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Angels, I guess you're throwing the Padres, I guess you're throwing the Mariners, kick Arizona out to be with these guys. Kick Arizona to be with Houston and Texas and Kansas City and Colorado. Colorado in the same division as the San Francisco Giants? It's ludicrous. And I still think the same way in the NFL when you're telling me that there's an AFC West makes sense that the Raiders and the Chargers are in the West. Does it make sense for Kansas City and Middle America to be in a, in a division called the West? You think the Rocky Mountains, the Denver Broncos should be in the West or the Colorado Rockies should be in the West? We're hurting ourselves. I guarantee you if I brought in people from tickets for the Oakland Athletics and say, huh, if I can make a schedule out and you could have more games against the Dodgers or the Rangers, who would you take? Oh, you can have more games against the San Francisco Giants than the Houston Astros. Who would you take? I think everybody would agree with me. Realignment would change, especially for, for, for what we have in the West. It's all set up for the East teams. It's cake for them. The amount of miles that the Mariners, the A's, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Padres, Mariners are the worst. I mean, I feel for them, but the A's and Giants are not far behind them in mileage. I mean, think, think not too long ago, the Yankees' plane wasn't working, and what, they bust down to Baltimore? They just got on a bus and bust down. The A's, if the plane doesn't work, we can't bus home from, from Arlington, Texas. You just can't do that. And I know I've gone on this rant before, but this, it really hits home for me of just how far we are from home, from what should be our division. These guys shouldn't be in our division. These guys should be playing the Rockies, and they should be playing the White Sox, and they should be playing people in middle, this is middle America. It's south, but it's middle America. We should be playing teams on the West. Establish. Establish a rivalry with the A's and the Padres. And the Giants can establish one with the Angels. And over time, it would mean more, especially this younger fan base. As we're trying to get this fan base to get younger, we're trying to get baseball, have kids, because we now know kids are back, back, back to playing baseball. That's a fact. I live it throughout a good part of the year. Because I live across from a park that's Little League heaven. It's actually torture for me as a guy that has twin girls and never got to experience Little League. I got crazy Little League. There's three fields right across the street from my – Mark Canna of the Oakland Athletics played in the Little League across from my house. Kevin Franz and all kinds of big leaguers played right – I mean, literally, it's right across the street from my house. I got Little League. I, I got it throughout a good part of the year. And once they take the fences down, then it's soccer time. Soccer and baseball are up. Need to capitalize right now. As all, as all the negative Nellies out there trying to act like certain sports are struggling, participation in baseball is up. You need to capitalize on it right now. Our buddy Mark Langston, in between one of the innings yesterday, pulled me out of the booth. Mark, obviously, if you've been listening, Mark played baseball at San Jose State, and, and I played baseball at San Jose State, so Mark and I know each other. And he played me this, this uh, bit from Real Sports and Bryant Gumbel about how baseball can change some things to really help themselves out. Speeding up the game will help. But I also think realignment, why does the AL East work so well? Well, because you're a nat your natural rival. Who's your natural rival? It's the Boston Red Sox. It's the Baltimore Orioles. It's the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, you got to deal with the Rays. Okay, that's not that big of a deal. You just fly down to Florida, which, oh, by the way, Tampa is where the Yankees have their home. And there's so many East Coast transplants in Florida that if one of these teams 
You name the team from the East that goes down to play. There, If you ever watch Rays games and they're playing the Red Sox, there's a boatload of Red Sox fans. Back when the Orioles were good, there's going to be – they've all migrated down to retire in Florida. That's why the LA, LA, uh, the AL East works so well. They're so aligned perfectly for each other. And we could have that too. You can't tell me that would not be good for the game. And you can't tell me that wouldn't be good for us as fans. The excitement of seeing Giants more than just interleague play. Seeing the Dodgers every single year. We've got history with the Dodgers. Two different World Series. That's my two cents. I dig this ballpark, by the way. Walked around it a little bit, trying to find my way to the press box. Globe Life Park. Hard to believe this thing was built in 1994. And I look off to the right field right now, down the line. I see the Cranes building their new ballpark. This is going to be their third ballpark. Think about that. They're getting So this ballpark here is going to be for the X. It's beautiful. It's going to be for the XFL. And then they're going to play a lot of high school football here. Man, we're struggling to get finally just get one in 2023. These guys have one that was built in 94, and they're already building a new one. And Jerry's World, which is just right across the way, looks absolutely insane the size of that football stadium which people say second to none. Now, the new one in L.A. for the Rams will probably dwarf that or maybe what's going to happen in Vegas with the Raiders, but just driving in today, it was very impressive. But the Rangers are in the division. Nothing we can do about it right now. And, boy, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it's a series that I would have looked at earlier when we're looking at the schedule and not have said, oh, well, hey, the Rangers. Because the Rangers, they didn't want to say they were in rebuild mode. They wanted to say they were in development mode. <laughs> oh, financial flexibility means I don't want to spend any money. Development mode really means you're rebuilding. But all of a sudden, they're not rebuilding. They are absolutely getting it done. And it's been very, very impressive. Got to talk about one guy that's having a resurgence like none other, and then another guy that just signed. How big of a difference can he make in that division? We'll talk about all of that next right here on A's Cast Live. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community.
From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com slash suites. That's athletics.com slash suites. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's a chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. You want to talk about torture? I got two things for you on torture. One, looking out my balcony at the Four Seasons and seeing the pool packed. And they had the music going out there and they had the waitresses serving and Looked like they were having a good time. That's a little bit of torture right there. We're not going to get to experience any of that. Got the game tonight, doubleheader tomorrow, game on Sunday. Boo, out of here. <laughs> we're st- but the four seasons we're staying at in Las Colinas is is uh, Mickey Morbido. He, he makes sure that the, this athletic team gets taken care of because the, there's one thing I can tell you about the A's is they travel right. There's no question about it. And the second one? Poor Mitch Hanniger, our guy from the Bay Area, the South Bay. He went on the injured list. It says 10 days. I think it's going to be a lot more than that. Ruptured testicle after hitting himself with a foul ball. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. Remember what happened to Stephen Vogt? When he took one off the cup, I mean, that's something that's going to be a while. And that's something with baseball players. I mean, and Mitch is an outfielder. There's a good chance he doesn't wear a cup. Oh, good luck, Mitch. And he's one of the, he, he's one of the guys that personifies the struggles with the Seattle Mariners as they got off to a great start and then they've just faded. They've been, I mean, they've literally been just terrible. And Hanniger got off to a great start. I mean, he tortured the A's early, but his average dropped to 220 and he leads the American leagues in strikeouts with 81. Now the numbers will look good already at 15 homers, 32 RBIs, 46 runs scored. But uh, yeah, we're not going to see him for a while. So Mitch, good luck to you. As a Bay Area kid, we're not rooting for the Mariners, but we're also not rooting for you to get hurt like that. How hot is it over there right now, Townie? That's on our text line, 510-897-1322. That's 517-510-897-1322. We don't take phone calls on this show, but we take your text. And that's 510-897-1322. It is, it is like... The calm before the storm here in Texas. It's 85 degrees and really windy. So, for example, I went over to, there's a Starbucks in the grocery store called Tom Thumb over here. And when I walked over, you could feel the humidity. You could feel, it's, it's there. And then it's breezy. And then when I walked out, the breeze was gone. And now I'm sweating as I'm walking back to the hotel. So it's not it's it, they're on the verge to where it's it's going to come for about what 3 4 months where it's 100 the humidity is getting that's why this ballpark is I think this ballpark it looks beautiful. I haven't walked all around it yet. I don't know when I'm going to get a chance cuz I got to do the play by play today with Vince. Normally when I'm in this situation after I get done with pregame I'll go down and walk around the concourse and really check it out. But 
you know, all these years watching from uh, on television and then being here now, place looks pretty sharp. But it's what every Midwest team should have done and South team should have done, and they didn't do it. Because everybody, and, and really, they should have known better here because they had their old ballpark, the ballpark in Arlington, which was metal seats. I mean, it gets, when you get into Texas in the summertime, you're talking 100 degrees. I remember my buddy was uh, running country clubs down in Austin, and I went down to see him one time. They had a stretch of over a month of being like over 105 for a month. And that's really tough to get people out to the ballpark, you got these dark green seats. They have the same dark green seats that we have in Oakland. How hot do you think those seats are when you're sitting there and it's 100-something degrees? And that's why places like Seattle, once again, Seattle wanted to get out of the kingdom, and they wanted to have baseball outside because we want to be outside. But it rains too much. So what do you do? You put in a retractable roof. And then when you have the retractable roof, you play all 81 home games, you never have a problem. Because these guys deal with the brutal heat. They deal with a ton of rain. And they figured out over time that they were costing themselves millions of dollars every year because people not showing up. Because people would just be basically what they would say is, oh, are we going to go to the game? There's rain in the forecast. We want to sit there through an hour and 20, hour, 20 minute rain delay. So all of a sudden, when you have a bunch of people, when they make that decision, especially when your team, I mean, they've had some very good teams here. Let's not forget. They represent the American League two straight years in the World Series. They did that in 10 and 11 against the Giants and then the Cardinals. So it's, it's easier to get people to come out when it's really hot and you're in first place. But what a tractable roof will do for them is a Ranger fan, it's, you know, you never have to worry about rain again. You never have to worry. I know when I have my ticket that I can come to the game and that you can count as an organization, you can count on the ticket, you can count on the parking, you can count on concessions. It just changes everything for you. So I wish a lot of teams would have done that because a lot of teams, they just, they wanted to be outside. And if it looks, look at, look at the White Sox. You can look at a bunch of these teams. It just affects them heavily. Well, the big deal yesterday, Dallas Keuchel signing a one-year, it's a prorated deal, so he'll make about $13 million for the Braves. And then we know Kimbrell has signed for the Chicago Cubs and kind of doing a little research into it. And we talk so much about what these guys, what they could mean to a team. It's going to be fascinating to see if they can deliver. I mean, it's not like Dallas Keuchel was lights out last year. And he hasn't been pitching, and now he's going to step in for the Atlanta Braves, and he could play a big part in the Braves' season. But I just start looking at the numbers for Dallas Keuchel and they're not impressive last year whatsoever. And now you know why teams, you like the game started. He started three, he started 34 games, pitched 211 innings. You love all of that. But he had a 3.74 ERA. You start looking at the whip at 1.314. He's asking for a long commitment at high dollars. And the market just absolutely failed him. So he takes, I mean, think about, you got Scott Boris as your agent. You want a big time deal. He's already a millionaire, so I don't feel bad for him. But you want a big time deal that sets you up for the future because you can sit there and say, hey, I was a Cy Young Award winner when I won 20 games. Well, all these front offices are saying, yeah, that was when you were 27 in your prime in 2015. You're now 31, and it's 2019. And you're not coming off a great year. You have more hits than innings pitched. So, I mean, for him, he put that gamble out there, a 
of not signing whatever what was out there for him, not signing, and then now he's only getting the one-year $13 million. And then I think about Kimbrell. How about these numbers since the 2008 All-Star break? Ranking 182 relievers with at least 20-plus appearances. Craig Kimbrell, who historically has been one of the best closers we've ever seen. But you actually look at the numbers. So here's the numbers from the second half. In whip, he was 108th. ERA, 143rd. Walks per, uh, strikeouts per walks, burning, 145th. Strikeout percentage, 161st. Walk percentage, 179. If I have these numbers, C.J. Nikowski, I think all the other front offices have these numbers. <laughs> they certainly do. And as we looked at Kimbrell as a traditional standpoint mm -hmm. of one of the best closers we've ever seen, what he has done from the All-Star break to the end of the year and struggled in the World Series, yeah. Keiko the same way, I think now we know why these guys – didn't get what they wanted to get. We appreciate you stopping by. Yeah. Obviously, working for the Texas Rangers. How are you? I'm doing well. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It was a long off season, and it just kept dribbling into this season as far as that story. Once we got past Machado and Keuchel, or uh, Machado and Harper, and the things that had to happen this off season, you're absolutely right. And the other part of that, of course, is just as teams get a little further away from. Uh, I don't want to say older players because I hate to say that a guy in his early 30s or even 30s considered old, but that changed. I just I had a hard time believing that the draft pick compensation made such a difference. I, I didn't get that part for a team like the Braves who had a need for both of those guys. They had two. They have two had two first round picks this year because they didn't sign their first round pick last year, Caleb Stewart. So I think they had nine in like 26. I'm like you're worried about giving up the 75th pick, even though yeah, there's some things going on there with with Keuchel and Kimbrel that you could poke some holes in and say maybe their value isn't what we thought it should be, or at least what they thought it should be, what their agents thought it should be. I do think that those rumors of uh, Craig Campbell coming out and thinking $100 million this offseason and wanting to set a closer record really slowed his market down. I mean, you look at AAV, and we have Wade Davis, who's got the highest AAV. Look at the biggest contract, or all this Chapman has it. And because of some of those things that you were bringing up and some of the reality of what's happened the last couple of years, not even since the All-Star break, but if you look at, at Kimbrell's walk rate two of the last three years, Two years ago, it was phenomenal. I want to say it was 1-8, but the year before that, uh, I believe it was in the fives. Last year, it was in the fours. That scares you a little bit. And for the Cubs, they already have an issue with their bullpen walking too many guys. So that is absolutely something to keep an eye on uh, going forward. But, yeah, that was that was, that was was a legitimate issue, and I think um, teams understand trends, and they certainly get a little bit concerned as guys get older and they're trending in that wrong direction. One trend that I really like – and we saw a lot of it this season from when the Red Sox won the World Series to where we are today. It's still something like 37, 38 contract extensions for players because mm -hmm. we were so worried talking about the CBAs coming up. Are we going to have labor strife for the first time since 94? With so many of the young stars and great players in the game inked up already to contracts, why would anyone want labor stoppage right now? It's a really smart play, I think, and, and the fact that it happened – not that I'm not accusing collusion, but the idea that it all happened kind of around the same time and it was a trend, a heavy one among multiple teams. You have a really hard time taking a 25-year-old kid who just signed anywhere from an 80 to $120 million extension and someone coming to them when they're older and saying, hey, we got, there's a problem. There's a problem we need to address, especially when there's so many of those guys in the Major League Baseball Players Association led by Tony Clark, former uh, teammate of mine, my first roommate ever in the big leagues. He's got his hands full. Trying to, trying to sell that right now to players and the idea that um, there are some real problems going on. I know the older guys are frustrated. Uh, I think Mike Moustakis has kind of been one of our poster boys for this situation. I think even MLB Trade Rumors is so good at what they do. Had him projected in the mid-80s uh, for his contract. I want to say, <clears throat> excuse me, they had him for five and maybe 85 two years ago, and he's signing these short-term deals that are nowhere near the value. He ended up turning down that qualifying offer two years ago. It cost him, I think, about $12 million because he did it. Um, Logan Morrison hitting 38 home runs and getting what four or five million dollars the next year, and so those are the guys that the union's really worried about right now. But if you tell all these young studs with these monster contracts that hey, we got to do something about those older guys, they understand what's going on with the game. And I think we have one generation that we have to get through, 
that the one that's here right now, the one that's still kind of battling those in-between guys with the trends in the game, the data in the game, the ones that are still pushing back. Once we get through this one generation, uh, I think this one coming up is, is they're going to be about something completely different. Uh, they're not going to, not that they're not going to care, uh, but they're like, you know what, I'll, I'll go ahead and take my $100 million now while I'm 24 years old and not try to go year to year and get that Max Scherzer or David Price $200 million contract because what they've realized is those probably aren't there anymore uh, for 31-year-old free agents. I br- I'm glad you brought up Tony because it's been very tough. I actually grew up with him playing on some all-star <laughs> teams. Nice. Played on some all-star teams with him back in the day in San Diego. And, it, you know, you, you want that max value for, for your free agents – but, you know, the free agents of yesteryear didn't care about the young players. Yeah, you want to do arbitration, you want to do all of that. Mm-hmm. They want to get theirs in their 30s yeah. and late 20s. But now the game wants all young players. Our greatest players in the game are 30 and younger. Sure. They're getting rewarded. And it's funny how the media will be like, oh, my God, he only got $105 million. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy got $105 million. He's going to have a chance to make more at the end of that extension. Sure. Yep, without a doubt, there's still some time left. And I think some of these guys realize this. So, you know, once you start to get to the four plus, like that's the part where it used to be, why would you sign a deal when you're a year away from free agency? Chris Sale, Nolan Arenado. No, they did it, right? That, they, the owners did a great job of changing that game. Now, those deals were a little bit more, right, in the 150 uh, range in that area. Uh, but these guys, um, they understand what's going on. The idea of the couple of guys that I just mentioned and some others, I mean, Adam Jones this past offseason, and I know you could dig in to Adam Jones's numbers and you could poke some holes in on-base percentage or the defensive run saved and is he a center fielder anymore at the big league level? Uh, he's a good personality for the game. Uh, and he's a good guy. And he's been a good player, but I think that he's a good example of a guy that he gets in his early 30s. You start to go, you know, I want to say south, that may be a little bit too strong, but you start to see some decline. Now he goes to Arizona and gets off to a really nice start. But that that group of guys, the younger guys are seeing that. And like, nope, I don't want to be that guy. So, yeah, there may be some opportunities to make more money at the end, but they start getting to three, four, or five years. They're not like, oh, you know what? I'm close. I'll just go ahead and ride it out to free agency. They don't want to do it anymore uh, because there have been some really cautionary tales of guys before them. So I'm busting out on the broadcast today. My my, my preview magazine from the start oh, nice. of the year yeah. with the Texas Rangers. Uh-oh. That's good news, I guess. That's, um, I think they exceeded expectations so yeah, far. Yeah, they're, they're predicted fifth in the AL West. <laughs> What's going on here in Texas? So it's been a really good year. Obviously, uh, Chris Woodward, new manager, takes over. Handful of new coaches. And uh, I think we're all – I don't know if we all are. I know I am, just in general – we get really tired of hearing the word process. We have, to, we have to use some different words, but it, it, that is what's going on. They have a plan in place, and they have an idea. And they have, and I don't just say this as I work here, because I say when I do MLB Network Radio, and yes, we always lean toward the team, but we, you know, we got to keep our integrity intact as well. They have an unbelievable uh, coaching staff here, especially on the hitting side with Luis Ortiz and Calix Crab. They're doing some pretty special things, and they're getting results. Now, not from everybody. Rugnet Odor struggling a little bit. He's had a little bit of a hard time, but Joey Gallo's been the story here, even though he's on the I.L., Right now, and guys have bought into not just the data that they're feeding them, because you do have to sell a guy completely everything. Now, it's not just, hey, we want you to do this, because there's more guys that are intuitive and they're asking questions. Well, tell me why. Well, Joey, listen, at top of the zone, especially in and out, let's look at your exit velocities the last couple of years. These, even though they look good and you swing at that pitch a lot, that's not your best pitch. That's one you need to stay off of. And if you can stay off of it, guys are going to have to start throwing you in the zone a little bit more. And when they bring it in the zone, now look what you do. And then they show the damage. And so how do we get there? What can we do mechanically? What can we do sequencing? What about timing-wise? It's a real individual path for each guy. Now, he's been the poster boy for it because he's made such dramatic improvements. Uh, but this is the these are the kind of things that are going on right now. The same thing is happening uh, on the pitching side as well. And so they didn't spend money really this offseason. They brought in Hunter Pence. That worked out really well. They brought in Logan Forsythe. You know, some, some lower-risk minor league deal guys that are contributing uh, in a big way, but they're also changing that culture a little bit. Not that it was bad here under Jeff Bannister. He did a nice job, but there was something that uh, they wanted to see change and kind of a new voice, and they're getting – a new voice right now that's really focusing on a lot, not just analytics. I know we throw that around. So oh, analytics, yeah. it's, not, it's not just that. There's a lot that goes into what they're trying to teach and, and the reasons behind it. And this group here has some pretty new ideas as far as how they teach, and they're getting some early results. Again, not from everybody, but they're getting some some real positive ones. Yeah, with our fan base, you know, we're all in. Yeah. Moneyball, we're yeah. all in. It. But, but what we've been trying to do for the fan base is, and David Forster, our general manager, we do the weekly show, is like, 
Back in the Moneyball days, those were math equations. Yeah. Take this and times it by that and divide it by this and you get this number and that's why this player is good. Mm-hmm. Now it's about science. It's StatCast, yeah. TrackMan, Rapsado with your radar and these high-tech cameras. Mm-hmm. And we're, that's how we're finding out spin rates and spin yeah. efficiency and launch angles. And the guy that I think who's benefited the most from it around here, I did I did one of his last interviews leave, leaving San Francisco. It was really tough for him, Hunter Pence. Yeah. And 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 I like him as a guy because he's a hell of a guy. Yep. He was terrible. He yeah. basically could not hit. And when I keep seeing, I, I keep looking at the, at my app, going, Hunter Pence is hitting home runs. Hunter <laughs> Pence is Hunter Pence was done. Yeah. Yep. Has he turned it around? Yeah. So a couple of different things that are going on with him. First of all, maybe a renewed energy. Uh, you know, knowing that you go get to that breaking point sometimes, right? Where you're like, all right, maybe I do need to kind of dig in and see what's going on. Do I need to reinvent myself? Am I done? You never, there's not too many guys that look themselves in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm done. Usually the game has to push you out, right? There's, I mean, some of the best that have ever put the uniform on have had to be pushed out of the game because they love it so much. Doesn't matter how much money you made. Obviously Hunter has been very successful and he still wanted to play. So he was the winter ball before he signed with the Rangers, right? So that right there at what's he, I guess you should know this. He's 36 or 37 old he is, right? He's in his yeah. upper thirties and he decides he's going to go to winter ball. I believe it was 36. So he goes to winter ball as a 36-year-old. And that I mean that tells a story to teams. Say, this guy's serious, right? You banked nine figures in your career and you're going to winter ball uh in your in your you know in your mid to upper 30s at 36. And so he wanted to work on some things. And he had a little bit of time down there. Then he gets um Luis Ortiz and Calix Crab digging in uh just a little bit more. And you're you're gonna watch him like, yeah, that looks like the same hundred pence to me. Uh elbows and arms and stuff flying all over the place and playing with a flare. Um but there's definitely been some some major improvements. He'll still chase. He'll still go over that right-on-right slider out of the zone. Can be a little bit of an issue for him, but he's driven the ball uh, to all fields pretty well. It's been really solid contact, too. That's the other thing. It's a lot of solid contact. He's barreling way more balls uh, than he ever has. So some real subtle changes. And, you know, being around him, as you mentioned, and and doing an interview this might not surprise you, or, or maybe it will. But when they told him he made the team, I think he signed a one-for-two on a minor league deal. So he had to make the team in tears. When he found out guys made over a hundred million dollars in his career has won a world series has played in big markets. You know, he grew up in this area and he said he used to park cars at the stadium uh, when he was a teenager, which is kind of a cool story, but in tears when uh, they told him he made this team shows you the passion that he's had and and gives you an idea of the work that he was willing to put in to try to make it happen. Yeah. It's a wonderful story. Uh, He is 36 and what he meant in in the area we live in. And obviously we can't stand the giants, but he always (laughs) respected him and doing interviews with him. He's a good, he's good people. So the fact that what he's doing is it's very special. And right now I think he's got to be the leader in the clubhouse for comeback player of the year by far. I would say so. I mean, there's definitely some good candidates around the league. Um, but, you know, it depends, and everyone looks at it differently. Do you have to come back from injury? Is it okay just coming back from a bad season? Uh, but without a doubt, he's making an all-star push, I think, as well. Uh, a couple of guys here, and it's tough to make that all-star team. Uh, but I would say yeah, that's probably a safe bet that uh, he will be a name. Now we're, you know, a little bit more than, I guess, a third of the way through the season. But he absolutely right now would, would be maybe one of those leaders in the clubhouse. Back in your career, mm-hmm. towards the end, you would be getting analytics, you were scared of money ball was coming around to be a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Now, everything you want. Yep. I mean, it's it's a thick book. It's a thick menu, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's 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 a uh, it, it's crazy. It's like a cheesecake factory menu. They got more <laughs> stuff than you can think of, right? Yeah. How more do you cheese think, pasta every time? How do you think you would uh, deal with with all the analytics? So I would tell you this. So there was a couple little things. What I like first is the idea that. And you got to be careful. We do this in media, too. You can go find something that makes you feel pretty good about yourself, right? I mean, just the idea, like maybe your ERA is not where you'd want it to be. For the longest time, that was the one number we'd look up at. And for me, for a lot of those years, it was an ugly number to look up at. And that would bring a, a level of stress to what you're doing, it, that added pressure when you were just looking at ERA. Just the idea that we could have fielding independent pitching to give you a better idea of what's really happening. Let's take your defense out of it. Let's look at the things that you could control. Now, maybe it goes the other direction. Maybe it goes up which tells you a story. I like that. I remember being in Indianapolis uh, in 2006 and the idea that we were even talking about ground ball rate. I think we were doing ground ball ratio at the time before we went to ground ball percentage. And I remember saying, oh, yeah, yeah I'm doing a pretty good job here keeping the ball on the ground. Um, you know, that's something that you know makes you feel a little bit better about what's going on because uh, I think as a coach, that's part of your responsibility too is to take a guy who's, you know, it's hard not to be locked in on those traditional numbers. Let me find something that's going to tell a little bit of a different story uh, to help you a little bit when you, maybe you're going through a tough time. Then also, let me be able to go with you with some numbers, things like spin rate are a really good one, to tell you why it's okay to elevate that fastball a little bit more. 
Because there would be a time like I think uh, Chris Young is a good example when he was at the Kansas City Royals. Like, he was one of the first spin rate guys that we talked about in relation to lower velocity, right? He's 88 to 90 miles an hour. Yeah, he's 6'7", and he's got great angle. But if you're throwing 88, you're never thinking, at least during my career and probably before that, oh, yeah, you should elevate. No, at 88, you better keep that ball down and put on the corners. That's what we believed. Well, there would be times where you'd see these certain guys that didn't throw hard, and they get the ball by guys. And we'd be like, what's that throwing an invisible fastball? Like, how is he getting that by guys? Well, what we know now is those were high spin rate guys. And the idea that once you know that, now you can go in and say, yep, all right, fastball up's okay because I got 2,400 RPMs behind it, and that's going to be tough for guys to barrel. It doesn't matter if it's 89 or 98. So that, that, that to me is really cool. I'd love to know and to be able to go back in time and do those things. You play around with grips on your curveball, I always did, or your slider, whatever it may be. And instead of playing around and relying on your catcher's eyes and your coach's eyes, you know, which one looks better? Let me give you five of these and five of that one. I think I like the second one. Like those conversations, those go away immediately. You go, nope, this one's spinning at 2,700 RPMs. Done. That's the grip. And then you go from there to making it as efficient as you can. And, and it just speeds the process up and you're not relying uh, on the human element. Not to say the coaches aren't good. They did everything they possibly could. You'd maybe watch some video. But I am so envious of the cameras and these pitch labs and the idea that these guys can get in now and solve a problem or at least come to a conclusion really quickly. Nope, that pitch has got to go. It's not going to happen. Not at that spin rate. Not at that efficiency. Either we make an adjustment or we move on from it. And you just go. And I just love that. That is the part that I'm probably most jealous about. And I just think it's cool. And these guys are fortunate. And that's why they're as good as they are. Yeah, it's a, it really is a fascinating time in the game. Let's end on this. Because obviously not only what you for the Rangers, but what you do nationally. How do you feel about the opener? And how do you feel about the way pitching is going today? Yeah, I, at first I was a little iffy. Um, but I watched Tampa Bay last year work that thing to perfection. You use the opener, in my opinion, uh, at a necessity. You don't, you don't build a roster going, hey, let's try to get three really good openers in here. No, you, you still want to have really good pitching. You still want the Houston Astros starting staff if you can. Now, if guys are struggling or you realize your four or five starters are legitimate four or five starters, which means they're not, you're not looking at them to go very deep in the game, then I love the opener for those guys because it makes a lot of sense when it's, when it's executed properly. Uh, depending on who you're playing, too, I think matters. Uh, you think about teams that are stacked to the top, right? We take Mike Trout, now we bat him second. Right. That's something that's kind of new to the game. Well, if that's the case. Well, let me get my opener in there to face the three or four hitters first, you know, knock those guys out. And then maybe I can take my four or five starter, who is a guy I normally would not want to face the order three times through. Well, he can go face 22 hitters and not have to see that top of the order a third time through. He won't have to see their best hitters, but he can still get me deep in the game. To me, that philosophy uh, makes a ton of sense. I think that's where the opener works best. It doesn't make a lot of sense if you have an opener throw, you know, two innings and he faces eight hitters. But what's the point? Your starter's getting 9-1-2 anyway to kick it off. He's getting those first couple of really good hitters at first inning anyway. So I think used that way. Um, I really like it. It makes sense. Uh, it's amazing to see what these pitchers are doing. Uh, I don't love, and I just got to get over it. I think most of the older guys don't love. Uh, a lot of the guys getting pulled so early because you just love to see it. But that's the way they're trained, right? This is the way that they're brought up through the system. You can't ask a guy that you can't baby a guy in the minor league system. You know, like a treat him like a pony, and then expect him to be a thoroughbred when he get when he's facing the best hitters in the world. And that's just where the system is. It's not really preventing injuries. Guys are still getting hurt, uh, but I get it. They're looking for more. I love that middle relievers are getting appreciated. That's a nice little change of pace. I used to sit down in that bullpen in Detroit. Me and Doug Brokale, uh, the, the now the pitching coach, he was here last year. Now he's with the Orioles and Todd Jones, who we loved, was the highest paid guy in our bullpen. And I'm down there, and I'm thinking to myself, this is 1999, you know, 2000. And I'm going, this guy gets a clean inning every single time, only if we're winning. Me and Doug and the other setup guys, wherever we're doing, we got, we're in, uh, down by two, up by five. We're inheriting runners. I got to come in and face Jim Tomey with the time run on second base. <laughs> I feel like my job's harder. Why does he get paid so much more than I do? And so I like that it's, it's finally the game is starting to come around a little bit, and I think appreciate and, and really value uh, what the rest of your bullpen can do outside of your closer. You are so right. You can't win the Kentucky Derby unless you train the horse to right. win the Kentucky Derby. Nobody's trying to be, win the Kentucky Derby anymore, at least not with one horse. Now they're just trying to do it with the four different horses. Hey, we always appreciate the time. You're one of the best in our business. Thank uh, you so much. And uh, thank you. Have a great call tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. You too. We got more coming up on A's Cast Live right here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. 
To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. He's good. That's why he's on nationally. It's also why he's doing the Texas Rangers. And for all these people who are working around the game, to listen to them through 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 their eyes and their voice view the game changing that they weren't taught that way. To where some people, you know, you got the real old school guys like Goose Gossage. The nerds are ruining the game, right? You got that. You got that guy. And then you got a guy like CJ. Where CJ is like, God, if I could have had this, this would have really helped me in my career. And understands it. By the way, I want to give you a little insight of what's going on here at the ballpark. You have Matt Williams, who has a fungo and a few baseballs. And he's right by first base. And he's hitting balls down the right field line to see how they react. Because down by the 325, so it's 325 down the right field line, and then immediately there's one add, and it jets right out to 349. So it makes this really awkward corner. So Matt is doing his due diligence on, okay, if my guy hits it down the right field line, as a third base coach, how is the ball going to react? And each ball he hit, and he's now really cool. He's throwing the balls up to kids in the stands. He hit all the balls at a different velocity. So he just wants to prepare himself. To know, okay, if ball hit down the line, as a third base coach, I got to know how hard the ball's hit. Can I really be thinking triple, or am I holding this guy up for a double? 
You know, Matt Williams is somebody I've gotten to know Matt a little bit because Matt, my, my best friend, his older brother grew up in Matt. They're all Carson City guys. So because of that connection, I've gotten to know Matt a little bit. And Matt Williams is a no nonsense, hardworking guy. And, you know, Bob Melvin has talked so much about how much he appreciates Matt. Uh, he's been around Matt for years because Matt Williams, I mean, that's, this is a really accomplished guy here. I mean, you're talking about a World Series champion. You're talking about one of the premier power-hitting third basemen of his time, 378 home runs, 1,218 RBIs. And, oh, yeah, Matt made a lot of money. You know, we're getting in last night at 6 a.m. It's not like Matt. Matt made almost $79 million in his career. He made a lot of money. But I can tell you, he works as hard as any coach out here. And that's why it's so tough being a third base coach because it's the one coach, pitching coaches will get, will get criticized at times. Hitting, coach will get, hitting, hitting coaches will get criticized at times, but nothing like the third base coach when he's getting runners thrown out. I mean, people used to get, get after Mike Gallego. You know, you get a few guys, you know, you get a few guys thrown out, people are going to be all over you. And the amount of time that you have to put in, too, as a third base coach, you got to study film. You got to study left fielder, right fielder, center fielder, who can throw, who can't throw, who you can challenge. I mean, th think about all these third base coaches that are taking on the athletics these days have to worry about Ramon Laureano. Now, I wonder how many of them were doing their homework when he kept throwing guys out. Like, what are you doing? I mean, that's ridiculous. But Matt Williams is doing his homework. And I like to see him doing it on the field. You know, he's doing it. He's doing it. Uh, do it on video. You got to know everything in this game. You got to take every single advantage of information that you have and utilize it on the field. Sometimes it doesn't work. How about yesterday? If you watched the game yesterday, Chad Pender ran right through a stop sign and made it home easily. Now, if you're going to run through that stop sign, you better make it home. Because if you don't, now it's going to look bad on everybody. But luckily, Pender made it at home. But just kind of the insights of being at the ballpark that we're able to give you here on A's Cast Live. And that's something that we're always going to be doing, because I'm not always going to be with the team on the road. But it's some of the stuff that we can do, especially at home, when the A's are at the Coliseum. You get to see. It's like, when, it's like every day we got to see what Marcus Simeon was working on. It was right out in front of us. But back then we didn't have a show, so I could only talk about it when we really got into the post-game show on how hard Wash was working with them and what they were working on. Well, now, since we're doing a show live from the field, we can basically give you like a play-by-play -play of what's happening when there's really not a lot of people in the ballpark. Speaking of a lot of people not in the ballpark, we're not having batting practice today. There's going to be no batting practice there was, no batting, there was no batting practice yesterday because of the bees. There's no batting practice today, no batting practice tomorrow because of the doubleheader. And then Sunday morning, no batting practice. And the reason why we're not doing batting practice tonight is that, of course, because the A's getting in so late that they just pushed it back. The Angels do really do people dirty. Artie Moreno is going to look at you and say, hey, listen, Nighttime to daytime is a difference of about 400 G's for me. So we're going to play night games. We're not going to play on getaway day. We're not going to play day games. Sorry, you're going to have to fly through the middle of the night. Now, with this, into, I mean, he does it to his own team. And what ends up happening, too, is that teams will make the Angels on their getaway day They'll make them play night games. So they're like, hey, you're going to do it to us? We're going to do it to you. So you're on the East Coast, and what normally would be a day game on the East Coast. It's the Angels. Now they're playing at night. Have a fun time flying all night long back to John Wayne.
All righty, before we're going to set it to the A's and the Rangers on the A's radio network, let's get into a little buying or selling. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. All right, Tony, you got me? Yes, I do have you. Okay, let's I, start. I forgot I forgot that our schedule's different. Yeah, no, we're we're behind you by two hours, so we got about ten minutes here until the end of the show. All right. All right, buying or selling number one, since we won't probably get a chance to get to this today. The Rangers are retiring Adrian Beltre's jersey tomorrow night in Texas. You'll be there to see it firsthand. Buying or selling Adrian Beltre will receive more votes on the first ballot than any other third baseman in the history of baseball. George Brett got 98.2% of the vote. Chipper Jones got 97.2, which was two which was last year. Mike Schmidt got 96.5. And yeah, those are the top three. So buying or selling Beltre can beat all three of those guys and get the most votes on the first ballot of the Hall of Fame. I am selling that. I'm totally selling that. Okay. I I, I, would... I, I think he will be a, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I don't think people will look at him as the stature of someone like Mike Schmidt, George Brett, Chipper Jones. I think once he got the... Uh, uh, once he got the 3,000 hits, I mean, he's a terrific player, a terrific defensive player. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, his numbers are fantastic. But, you know, we're talking about a guy that never won an MVP. Never really, you know, he came close. What God, it was with the Dodgers early in his yeah. career. 2004, he lost. He finished behind Barry Bonds that year. So that's how, yeah, how good I he mean, was. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just played in Texas for a long time, a, a place that was traditionally – you know, offensive. I mean, I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to downplay Adrian Beltre whatsoever. He's a, he's gonna have a plaque in Cooperstown, New York, and he deserves it. I mean, three thousand one hundred sixty-six hits. Uh, Gold Glover. Let's see how many times he won the Gold Glove. One, two, five, three, four, five times. So no, but will he get more than George Brett, who's considered truly like we talk about all the time? There's Hall of Famers, and then there's the Hall of Famers, and I think for third baseman. You know, what Chipper did in his career, what George did, what Mike Schmidt did, I, I just don't see him getting that that many votes. Okay, buying or selling. But if he does, though, that's just showing you the change, that it's easier to get in now than it ever was before. I completely agree with you. I, I think he gets in, but I don't think he beats any of those guys. All right, buying or selling number two. Trevor Bauer, not Madison Bumgarner, will be the best available pitcher at the deadline this season. That's a tough one. I'm going to buy it. And the reason why I'm going to buy it is because I know Bauer still has electric stuff. We have not seen electric stuff out of Madison Bumgarner. Now, if Bumgarner gets traded, now he's got all those teams he's put out there, that he, the no trade clause he's put out there for his own leverage. Will... Things reunite with Madison Bumgarner if all of a sudden you put him in Yankee pinstripes and he's in the postseason because we know how great he is. He's one of the great postseason pitchers of all time. If I'm just going over pure stuff right now in their career, and there's been a couple bumps in the road for Bauer, but still, if I'm going electric stuff, I'm going to go Bauer. I agree. Bauer's sixth in the league in strikeouts still, and he's not having the best season. With the Indians, what people forget is last year before he got injured, he was on his way to winning his first Cy Young Award with the Indians. So I'm with you. I think he's going to have the the better value to trade deadline. All right, buying or selling number three. Craig Kimbrell's deal will actually come back to hurt the Chicago Cubs. I'm going to sell that. I'm, I'm going to sell that from a standpoint of I like the move. I like that he's had time off. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen when you have time off. There's a lot of things that you can think about. There's a lot of things that you can tweak. We just talked about it with C.J. Nikowski here. All the all these players now have all of this information at their disposal. So he's logged a lot of innings. He's logged a lot of time. So he's had some time off. So I expect the velocity 
when he's ready to go to be, as Vince Catronio would say, high octane. And maybe he's worked on some stuff to help his control. I, I you know, getting a guy who has the ability to make everybody, everybody when he, when he's down that he's down in your bullpen. The other manager's thinking about that. Everybody's thinking about that. They're, they're saying to themselves, "Oh God, they got Kimbrel down there." So I know I read you those numbers, but you know he's he's logged a lot of time. So I, I think he's going to be fresh, number one, and and hopefully he's worked for him on whatever control issues that he's had because he's had all this time to fix it. I mean, think of all the bullpens he's been able to throw. Think about the amount of times he's been able to work not only on the mound but on flat ground to work on his stuff to where normally you'd have your time, your spring training, next thing you know you're in spring training, next thing you know you're into games, next thing you know the season starts. He's had all this time to perfect his craft and time to heal and give him some time to I, I, I think it's going to be big for the Cubs. So I, I'm, I'm selling that. I, 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 I can see him putting, help put them over the top in the Central. The only thing that scares me is last year in the first half, he was 2-1 with a 177 ERA and 31 saves. After the All-Star break, he was 3-0, but he had an ERA of 4.5. His whip was over 2, and he only had 12 saves. So he, he, And he had an ERA almost 6 in the playoffs. So he struggled last year, but he's had all this time off, as you said. I think he can come back and rebound. The Cubs are saying that he should be ready to play within three weeks, which I don't know if I buy that, but I think he'll be back sooner than, than uh, Dallas Keiko will be with, with the Braves. All right. Well, Go ahead. either or, either or, the fact that you're getting them now – you know, when we're talking about there's going to be trades that are going to happen way earlier because there's no waiver wire process. It's a set date for the July 31st trade deadline. So you're going to start seeing trades early. But the fact that you're going to have these guys in June, a month earlier than traditional, means you're going to get more mileage out of them. Completely agree. All right. Buying or selling number four. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would make the home run derby more exciting this season. He recently spoke to... Marley Rivera of ESPN Deportes and said, yes, he has interest in participating in the Home Run Derby. If you can get him to join guys like Cody Bellinger, Josh Bell, and Alex Bregman, that makes the Home Run Derby more exciting. Buying or selling, Guerrero, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. makes the Home Run Derby more exciting this season at Progressive Field in Cleveland. I, I'm going to sell that. How many people are really on board with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. other than really hardcore baseball people? As the average fan, if I walked around the stands right now here in here in Arlington, Texas, d- d- does Vladimir Guerrero Jr. really move the needle as a star player? Other than his dad's a Hall of Famer and he's been the number one prospect and he's come up and he's done real well, but does he really move the needle? Or are there other guys that I think move the needle like, let's say you could have let, – let, let's just say you could choose anybody for the home run derby, and they had to do it. Is really he one of the guys you would be must-see in the home run derby? For me, I would say yes, but I also want to see people like Cody Bellinger and Josh Bell, not because I'm a Pirates fan, just because he's having a great season. But I want to see guys like Joey Gallo and Eddie Rosario, guys that hit, mon- hit moonshot home runs. like Mike Trout! Mike Trout's one, yes. Like – even even Christian Yelich, the MVP from last year, he's another guy I'd like to see in the home run. How derby. about Otani? Otani be great, and even Derek Dietrich, who's in all the home runs now for the Reds, he'd be another guy I'd like to see. But I think Vlad Guerrero helps show the youth movement in baseball by putting him in there as a rookie. I think even Austin Riley be great, who has like nine home runs in twenty yeah, but games. The, but, the, but these these are guys. I mean, that's not Bryce Harper. These guys don't have resumes. They're not stars. If you want to help your game, let me tell you something. I went to the. Uh, the 92 All-Star Game in San Diego. I came back from uh, San Jose State, and I went to the game, and I went to the Home Run Derby. The Home Run Derby had Bonds, McGuire, it had the Griffey, it had Frank Thomas. It was the stars of stars. You're talking about young guys that unless you watch the MLB Network, do you see what I'm saying on that? I mean, to me, the All-Star Game should be littered with stars, not just say, hey, look what this kid's done in Atlanta, and he's done it in X amount of games. I, I can see where it's coming from. I just think that for me personally, I think he, he makes it more exciting just because he's young. But, you know, for the sake of time, I'm going to ask you the last one. Buying or selling quickly, your undefeated streak on play-by-play will be intact after this weekend. Oh, guaranteed. I'm not losing. Now, guaranteed I'm buying. 
Remember, now, Ace Cast Live, since we've launched with you and I, we're now 2-6 and six after the Ace 2 wins in Anaheim. So let's try to push us closer to a 500 record out this well, weekend. Well, well, we did Ace Cast before you showed up, and we won some games. So that really is your record. Yeah, okay, so we're 2-6. and six. I, I got to make sure that, you know, we get this. <laughs> Hopefully, this weekend, we'll be 500 with a four-game sweep. Cody, you're doing a wonderful job. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right, well, that's all, all for right, buying we will, uh, We'll be back on Monday, right? Yes, we will. You'll be in, uh, at the Trop. We will be at the Trop in Tampa, Florida. Alex Jensen will take you the rest of the way up to the broadcast with A's all night. And then Vinny and I will have the call for you from Globe Life Park. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll talk to you on Monday. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.